Welcome back to Push Push. I'm Danielle Davis. I'm Shannon Kessler. And we are coming to you from two different places. Not cl- Shannon's in the closet. <laughs> yep, I'm in studio uh, slash closet. <laughs> I'm coming to you from my kitchen table <laughs> that is currently covered with a 2000 piece puzzle that I still haven't finished. Um, but we are back in the new year because we miss you. We miss F1. Oh, we do. I mean, I tell you what, I was not prepared for the break in F1 to hit me as hard as it did. I thought I was going to be fine. You know, I really thought I was like, yeah, you know, there's enough content. We can just check in on everybody. It's a- no, no, it's not okay. I miss the races. I miss the chatter. I miss Charlos. I miss Lewis <laughs> Hamilton. I really need him to come back to social because it's very bleak without him. And I'm, is he okay? I'm going to need to know. Is he okay? Well, I feel like we're going to really dive in on that one, but I agree. I, I've missed it all. I feel like it just, the bottom dropped out on us. It really was. (laughs) There's still some content out there, you know, some vacay, some holiday, but we really have been, uh, you know, cut, cut off at the knees a little bit. (laughs) I just didn't, wasn't prepared for it to be like, and in scene, Scene. we're just, we're just done. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just packed up the circus and they all went home and they just left us all out here waiting for more. And it's rude. It's so rude. I mean, we get now we're in this like awkward waiting period until Drive to Survive season four drops sometime in January, right? Like that's coming. Oh, is it coming in January? I I think I read that it's coming in January. I will I will fact check that, but like I still don't know. I'm like, is it is that gonna like get us through? I mean it's the proverbial week between Christmas and New Year's, but like for F1, that is extended. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we're but, not the same. We're not the only ones that feel this way. I mean, we've had no. lots of our pit crew friends have been like, guys, what are we doing? And then they're like, when are you getting a new episode out? We really miss you. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. We did take a little break, but we have been busy in this little off season because we in between Christmas madness and holiday madness and New Year's and every, you know, all the things we have been bettering ourselves we have. with the Lewis Hamilton masterclass, because we figured what better way to start off the new year than with some tips from the goat himself, you know, like what we need to know And since he's not on social, right? It's, we it's had like- to fill Mostly Shannon had to fill the gap and I've been along for the ride taking notes, but yeah, we did the masterclass. We did. And I will tell you guys, this is, it's a great one. And even if you're not a Lewis Hamilton fan, the, the tips and the, you know, just the, the mindset that he gives you through this, I mean, it's something you can take and, you know, you can put it into your everyday life, but it's, it's very interesting because he's got such a compelling story and every piece to his puzzle leads him to like where he is today. And like, he kind of takes you on this journey of like why he is the way he is and why he thinks the way he thinks and, you know, how all of this really helped to, you know, just mold his future in F1. And I, I mean, I was here for it. There's, I think it's like 11 sections. Is that Yeah. Right? 11 or 12. I think yeah. with the intro, it's 12. He yeah. does like a, but then there's 12 lessons. Right. Um, and I actually did most of it at this exact table while I was doing the puzzle. I did some puzzling. I did some Lewis Hamill, Hamiltonine. Um, but yeah, so today's today's episode, we thought, again, like we're going into a new year. We need some like tips to 
be our best selves. And we know that Lewis, I now know that Lewis Hamilton is being his best self kind of almost all the time. And it's at some point a little bit annoying. Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> but I will say, okay, so that's, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to break down the Lewis Hamilton masterclass. I will say though, if you're not a F1 fan, I did find it interesting, but I don't think it's like super compelling if you're not a formula, if you don't have at least some baseline knowledge of formula one you disagree i disagree because i think that you could again i think you can look at this and you're like okay i can apply this into my life and i have no i'm not getting into a formula one car anytime soon maybe in 20 30 years given my if i put my mindset to it like lewis tells me i can maybe um but he does say that you should pursue other uh he does say you should have diverse interests yeah (laughs) yeah exactly see i'm just balancing out my life to put myself in a car um but I do think that there's definitely parallels that you could take. But I also think even if you don't like the sport of Formula One, I think his story is just one that's so interesting that you're like, wow, okay. That's I definitely agree that his story is super compelling and very interesting. I just, I did think that it was, it was a masterclass in both Lewis Hamilton and some of his strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> Which... <laughs> All things Lewis does leads back to Lewis. I mean, that's just right. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. 100%. Okay. So I had some notes, but I don't know if you want to start like, you know, what you thought your biggest takeaways from it were. I'd be more than happy to, you know, give you a detailed breakdown of episode by episode. But listen, um, I think let's do, let's do episode by episode. But I also, you guys, this just makes my heart grow even bigger because Danielle came to play she understood the assignment she took copious notes and now she is like you I'm so ready like she is more prepared for this Lewis episode than I am and I can tell you 100% I am so excited about that <laughs> I mean yeah, so we might have to share our Lewis fan club right now she might have no, to be no, like no, 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 no. gunning for for CEO over here I'm like man better step up my game I don't think that I have joined the Lewis <laughs> Hamilton fan club, but I do think I understand him better. You know, and understanding is half the battle. You know, knowing is half the battle, as Geo Joe once used to say. <laughs> um, well, as Lewis says in my key takeaway from episode two, which is basically episode one, episode one is his mm-hmm. intro, so uh, is to always keep moving forward. So we will keep the podcast <laughs> moving forward. Um but yeah, so that was my biggest takeaway. That one, I think the, um, I didn't write down the episode titles. It's like about having a w- uh, winning mentality. That one and, I um, think was about passion. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. So what my biggest takeaways from this is that, did you know that Lewis Hamilton plays tennis? <laughs> I did not until I watched this. But what I loved about his tennis journey is that he started to play tennis because he wanted to beat his dad and he needed to like he he, he talks about, you know, having outside interests of outside of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, have to diversify what your interests are so that you right. don't get burnt out and you can kind of, you know, have a release in something other than what you're passionate in. And this, you know, you have to kind of play to your natural abilities. And he's naturally a, a very talented and like a an athletic person. He's like, but I just 
I never got tennis. Like it's still something he struggles with. And he's like, you know, I really want to beat my dad. And, um, well, that's what he talked about too, that he like never let people beat him. Like he's not, not let people beat. like, he doesn't give up basically. And that's his biggest thing is like having a winning mentality and, um, to always focus on winning and that his, you know, his parents didn't ever like let him win. And he doesn't ever let his dad win. Basically his dad, I guess has gotten very into tennis because now he's rich and bougie. And I applaud that for Mr. Hamilton. Um, but when they play tennis, he does not let his dad win, but he also does said that like one, the biggest takeaway I took from this episode was that if you're moving forward and making progress, you're always doing the right thing. So I think a lot of people put, he obviously puts a lot of, um, weight and, um, value on win, but he also puts weight on like moving towards your goals and that right. that's a different form of winning, which I thought was, um, that was like one of the little notes I made, because I think if you're always taking steps towards your goal, then you are, you know, you are actually winning. You're building up like that winning mindset and you're setting yourself up for success down the road. Like me on this podcast, taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. And part of the takeaway too, in this episode is he talks about building resilience and how that leads to determination and what, you know, like you were kind of saying before, like every piece, like every step is, is, is what you're doing when you're moving forward to reach your goal. So you've got to build resilience and you've got to be one step ahead of where you were the day before, but that's all part of the journey and, you know, staying determined and knowing like where you want to go and putting your focus and your energy towards that is, that's part of that building the resilience, building the resilience part of the journey. Yeah. And like being focused on that and taking steps, moving towards that. And one thing, so then it kind of, each of these episodes are pretty short. They're about 15 yeah. minutes each. So, um, you know, you only kind of take away a couple little nuggets from each one. Um, I think that like I wrote down a quote from him. It was like, take things one step at a time, build the wall brick by brick. And I kind of yeah. feel like that's what we're doing with our little podcast. Building 100%. the wall big, yeah. brick by mm-hmm. brick. Episode by episode, um, minute by minute. <laughs> okay, so episode two or three, uh, he talks about his dad a lot, but I was wondering, like, where's his mom? He doesn't even barely mention her, but she was in the picture with him when he got knighted. So, and I think going forward, we should just refer to him as Sir this? Lewis Hamilton from now on. I think that's appropriate that, that we is should his say proper, that. Yeah, his proper <laughs> title. <laughs> yeah going forward um but yeah he had a picture with with his mom when he was becoming sir lewis hamilton where he always talks about his dad and i under obviously understand that but yeah his dad's on nights and weekends so or like every other wednesday and weekends where's mom yeah i don't know he doesn't really talk a lot about his mom in this or in interviews that i've seen and i also rewatched the david letterman um my next guest needs no introduction with Lewis Hamilton. And that was Which a couple was years ago. boring as hell. <laughs> Again, agree to disagree because I thought it was compelling. I loved I it. it was boring. Um, but, you know, he does talk a lot about his dad, but his dad is who got him into the sport. So I think that that's kind of the parallel that he, or the, the path that he wants to take when it comes to F1. It's like, who's influential in your life with this? And it's like, well, obviously I wouldn't be here without my dad because my dad is the one who saw me having incredible hand-eye coordination with remote control cars. And was like, at five years old, he's like, that's, that's not normal. Let's see if we can do something with that. And, you know, Lewis starts to go in these little karting um, competitions with this remote control car and he's five and he's beating kids who are like, twice his age. You mean adult. Yeah. I mean, this it's insane. And the dad's like, mm, 
maybe we should do something else with this. So then I think around eight years old, he puts him in a go-kart for the first time. And it was instantaneous. It was like, this is what this kid is kind of meant to do. Like you could just see that it clicked for him faster and more naturally than other kids his age who were, you know, introduced to the sport at the same time. Yeah. So I think a lot of it, and I'm sure that we could probably dig deeper and try to find a rabbit hole with his mom, but I think a lot of his um, part, his F1 journey begins with his dad because his dad is who got him into, you know, the race uh, with karting and, you know, had four jobs along the way to, to make sure that he could, you know, have a car because he didn't have any money. Like they didn't come from, you know, a right. lot of money. And this sport is, you know, you do well based upon the amount of money that you can bring with you. Like his dad was right. his mechanic. His dad was his pit crew. His dad was everything, you know, until much later when he gets um, brought into McLaren, like it, it, he didn't have anything other than his dad to, to have support. Yeah. There were no sponsorships. So I think that that's probably why we hear more about his dad than his mom, but I'm with you. I, I would like to know more, like, what is she saying? Well, I'm just, you know, we're both yeah. moms and like, you know, obviously his dad was really influential in it, but you, someone had to get him to school. Like there's a lot of other stuff. I, and I just, you know, justice for, yeah, for maybe his mom or maybe not justice. I don't know. I just need to know more. <laughs> like, um, yeah. One thing I did think was cool that he talks about in this, he talks about it later too, is about how um, like he didn't, we obviously all have so much like wealth of information available to us now, but I remember this distinctly as a kid too, when you'd have like one VHS or like one show you recorded and you'd watch it over and over. And he said that he had this video of, um, I think it's called, um, well, this was his like takeaway. My big one on this one was emulate your idea of success. And he had this VHS of Ayrton Senna and it was like his life story and like his basically his masterclass, like Ayrton's on his VHS masterclass. And he would watch it on repeat over and over and over and over again. Um, and I do like that idea of like emulating your idea of success. But I also related to that because as a, you know, a youth of the, the, <laughs> of the early 80s, 90s, <laughs> of the late 80s, early 90s, I definitely had a VHS that was like getting all kinds of use uh, oh, back and sure. forth. I used um, to record um, the fly girls on In Living Color and try to do the backup <laughs> dances. <laughs> like, guys, I'm not a dancer. I mean, I, I <laughs> could, genetically, it should have been, but it, that was, you know, it just, it's not an alley that in, I should have really pulled into, but I tried. <laughs> I, I think in 1992, we were all di- dancers. I think we were all, we were all just out there trying to do our best. Right. But um, another thing I thought was interesting in this episode is that he talks about how his dad, he started with McLaren when he was, I think, 16, or he gets brought into the McLaren organization. And he talks about, um, like, what happens when he went to change to Mercedes. And he talks about keeping an open mind um, and, like, like, continuously challenging yourself. Um, But his dad told him that he he should stay at McLaren and not go to Mercedes. I I found that to be really interesting too, because McLaren, I think when he was 13 is when he got, um, the, the guy who, uh, was in charge of McLaren at the time. And his name is completely. Oh, I know who you're talking about. um, Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, he sees Lewis at 13 winning, um, a a championship, like a, a carding championship. And he's like, you know, he, he, I think Lewis is like, yeah, I want, I want you to, I, I want to be with McLaren. And this guy is like, listen, when you turn such and such age, um, I will call you. 
and and we will have a talk. And it was like it was kind of that like he took a step because Lewis was like, I didn't know, I didn't know, you know, like what was going to happen with this. But, you know, he, the the owner of McLaren was there to see Lewis because he's like, I see something in this kid that right could be something great. But at 13, he's too young to sign to McLaren. But that's when their first initial conversation starts. And it's kind of like, OK, well let's see what's going to happen. And Lewis talks about that moment, driving him forward from there to be like, okay, I've got to do what I can do because I know I've already, I've spoken with him. I've put it out there. This is what I want to happen. So when he does get signed, he's like, this is it. But he stayed focused, you know, based on a, a, a one-time conversation that he had, he's like, yes, yeah, you know, stick, stick with it. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of years and we'll give you a contract. And it's like, shit. All right, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, and I thought that like, but I just thought that, you know, we see drivers switch teams and stuff all the time so often now too. And it's like, people do it. I mean, especially if you watch Drive to Survive, like, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go to this new team or like, I don't feel appreciated. And like, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that it was interesting, like the weight that was on him and like how much of a big choice it was for him at the time. And yeah, and that's- it, it just was like different than the way we presented it. I feel like, like in the current era. Yeah. And back then McLaren, I mean, McLaren was, that was the team like that. You wanted to drive for McLaren or you wanted to be with Ferrari. Like Mercedes still wasn't this, you know, upper echelon. I mean, yes, they had a great team, but it wasn't like they were, they were it in motorsport. So, um, he did talk about, he felt really limited at McLaren. He said that there were, you know, he just didn't feel like it was a place where he could grow because the mentality of the organization was very limited. And he's like, that's what kind of made me feel like this wasn't my place. I think also, if you guys have read The Mechanic or if you ever go back there, they you talk about a lot in that book um, how he was treated at McLaren when Alonzo was there. And I wouldn't have wanted to stay there either. Like, it, there was a lot of yeah. shit going on and there was a lot of backhand deals. And he's like, this ain't my place. Like, I don't want to be in a place that treats me like this. And I think that's part, again, part of where he's like, you've got to be resilient. You've got to know what your obstacles are. and But you've also got to know, like, where can I grow? And I'm not going to be able to grow at McLaren because their mindset isn't in the, the way of like, all right, let's do something we haven't done before so that we can get new results. It's like, right. Pride and true. This is what we're going to do. This is what we know. And that's what he was like. That's what I didn't want to do. Yeah. And I think that Mercedes gave him a chance to be like more innovative and like be able to put his, um, his mark and like his influence more, his voice be more like loudly heard there as opposed to McLaren, which he's like more part of a cog. Right. like l- more part of the machine and not kind of like driving the bus type thing. So exactly. I think that's a difference too. Um, also a fun fact, I did a lot of Dia, did you knows in these? Cause <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of like little random fun fact. Did you know that on the Mercedes car, it's covered in silver Mercedes logos, but that there is a one red Mercedes logo on the car for Nikki Lauda. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. He sucked about that. But yeah, so Nikki Lauda was the first person that called him when he went to Mercedes. And at first he didn't think that like they had, they had kind of a, and that's just what he talks about keeping an open mind because like Nikki Lauda was, I guess, doing F1 commentary and he kind of had said, or he'd been outspoken and given um, uh, interviews about what he perceived Lewis to be. And then they sat down and had a conversation and they realized who each other were and they like were able to bond over their, um, shared interests and that they both are, you know, race car drivers. That's what he says. And that he, they were able to like bridge a lot of the gaps in their differences because they had uh, like a 
shared interests. And I think that's like a good thing for all of us to take into things that like, even if you think maybe someone is like, you know, that you don't have anything in common with them or if you've been critical of them in the past, but then you can have a conversation and like learn someone else's perspective. So I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. I think it just takes sitting down with someone and learning their story. And then all of a sudden you're like, huh, my mindset might've been clogged on that one. And maybe I just need to open it up some. Yeah. Um, The next episode, he kind of talks a lot about teamwork and I thought there's a lot of interesting takeaways there, but my biggest takeaway is that I did not know that the seat of the car was molded for each driver. And I found that very interesting. Yeah. It's always interesting um, because they say when they come back from the winter break, that that seat is like (laughs) a little snug snug in here because, you know, they've been on holiday and they're like not in, you know, fighting shape, so to speak. So it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be like your pants is one thing, a multi-million dollar piece of machinery built entirely to your specifications would be a, a lot harder pill to swallow <laughs> when you're like, Ooh, I had a little too much fun over the holiday break. <laughs> we should, uh, uh, we should uh, put like a, a poll out to see like, who's going to have the hardest time fitting in their seat when they get back. <laughs> Fernando Alonso, uh, you know, once you hit 40, like, you know, hey, are, from firsthand experience, this shit's hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's shifty real fast in your 40. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't take a lot of notes on that one, but I did. Oh, and I also saw that the pedal is shaped to the way they like the pedal yeah. to be, and which I thought was also interesting. Too. And he talks about um, taking the corners and like the brake. He's like, because you have to brake very aggressively. And he's like, I've trained myself that I can do it with one foot, but a lot of people have to do it with two foot, two feet. And I was like, wow. I know. Yeah. That's, I didn't understand. I was like, honestly, I didn't know they had brake pedals. I'm not sure I've ever really seen anybody other than a brake check, but you know, but like, I thought that was just a steering wheel button. I didn't know they had pedals. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. I just was, that part was like, of course it makes clear sense but I was like oh snap they're just yeah. making the car when I, I like don't know if it's in suit just for you yeah <laughs> right if it's in this episode <laughs> or not but um it's being at one with the machine and knowing your car and like that's how they create this um this connection because the car is built to go full out so when you're not running it full out the car is like you know it's not working at optimum um performance because it's its whole design is to go as fast as it can go. So knowing like the the car and the driver have to get to know each other and he's like that's why you know the uh, the first day you come in from the off season like that first month it's just really you getting to know like the car gonna, yeah get the car and the car needs to know you and you need to understand like how quick can you break or how soon can you break and you know where can I turn to get like so it's, it was really interesting how they build relationships with their machinery and you know but that kind of like a horse but like a 100 like a horse yeah exactly like a horse um but even the getting to know the team so like you've got primary people that stay with the team forever like he's had the same engineer you know for seven plus years but it's like there's new crew members that come in and that you know they've got to understand the system and like he's very big on getting like we win as a team, we lose as a team. That's not just something he says. That is actually something that he 
lives by. He's like, I, you know, I only have about 30 minutes of bandwidth to take in when they're talking about parts. He's like, I don't get it. Like, you know, it's just, it's yeah. not where I excel. It's, I'm not know, an engineer. I'm not an engineer. And like, I, I'll space out or I'll have to get up and take a walk. He's like, it's, they're t- talking a language that like, I don't, you know, I'm not really that interested in and I don't get. He's like, but that's not my area of expertise. I let the engineers do what they're good at. And I get in the car and I do what I'm good at doing. And I love that. I mean, I love that he's also very willing and understands. He's like, I don't do my job without my team. Like, yeah, period. And I, it's not a me, me, me mentality with him. And I think that's what I love about him the most. Well, I know. I agree. I do think that his like emphasis on teamwork was really, uh, something that like a takeaway that I needed to, you know, make a mental note of. And I do think that he is very communicative. So like he says that he, cause he doesn't, he's like, it's not personal. We're, we're all trying to win. Like our whole team wants to win. So if you think that there's something else that needs to be done correctly, like you need to let us know that, you know, and he's open to criticism um, or like not criticism, but he's open to, it has an open channel of communication with like the engineering team and all the people. And that's why he sits down. And I think you can see this in drive to survive where he sits down and there's that whole bank of like engineers and all the, uh, team members. And they're all having a conversation about that. And, and they show a bunch of that in the, the masterclass because it has video as well. And I think that that's something that, um, it's really clear why he's so successful, because he doesn't, he has made so that people are free to share their own suggestions and things like that. I'm sure obviously there's a level of hierarchy and stuff like that. You know, you can't just like roll up into the, the garage and start being like, we should be doing it this way. But I do think like once you've established the trust within their team that they have created an atmosphere where people can um, push the limits for their like group success. Agreed. Yes. Um, but I also feel like the next episode is where we really get a look into where he is right now, because yeah. he talks about losing and failure being necessary for success. Oh, and he talked about how once he came in 13th in a race and he felt like he failed his team and he didn't leave his hotel room for three days. And I feel like that's where we're at right now with Lewis. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, I'd be curious, has he rewatched his master class while he's yes. been in his own little isolation? Because I hope that he does. I hope that he sees all the things that he talks about. And I'm like, you are legit walking your walk right now. <laughs> like this episode, I wanted to just send it to him and be like, you got to rewatch it. Like yes. you got to come out of the hotel room. Right. But he did talk about how, when that did happen, that it was like a huge turning point for him. And that's when he like, decided to get, he had to like get his body right. And he like made all these other choices and started on like, it's not like when he started his path to like veganism, but it's when he started to be like much more mindful about like how his body and like um, his health and all that plays into the car. But yeah, when he said that he didn't leave his hotel room for three days, I was like, Lewis, that's dark. And are you there right now? And do you need (laughs) us to come get you? Yeah, this time though, I don't think it's a hotel room. It's probably just one of his homes. A mansion. A yacht. One hundred percent. Could be. And I wouldn't leave a yacht for a few weeks either if I was in a bad place. Probably not. (laughs) Feels like a good place to get your mojo back. Yeah, you know, connect with the ocean. Get right with the universe. (laughs) Spin around on your, you know, three and a half million dollar yacht. It's fine. It's fine. It's 
it's okay. And I did. Yeah, uh, but he, he made a point when he when he came in. Was it thirteenth place? Is that the what? Yeah, I think that's what he said. He's like, I made a mistake. And he's like, I will tell you, I haven't made that mistake in 15 years. And I was like, yeah. And he also said, you write down all your mistakes and then challenge yourself to fix them. And I was like, do you think that Lewis wrote down all the mistakes that the team made in this race? (laughs) 1000%. Yes, I think he wrote down every mistake that he made and his team, because again, teamwork and accountability. Yeah. And communication is how Lewis delivers. And I think that the and honestly, yeah, this master class is gonna be like, here it is, guys. <laughs> I think he's gonna make the whole team watch his master class after this because it they felt should. it felt like like he this whole episode it was the one where I was like, oh man, like this is what's happening right now. And like failure is necessary for success. And then he talked about all the things where he has failed and he needs to like, where he made changes and made all these things. And like, clearly he's very committed to winning, obviously. But like, now I'm worried for what's next season. Like, I feel like next season we're going to get like sniper Lewis Hamilton, who's just going to be coming out being like, like just taking people out. And I feel like you saw that at the end of the season when he kind of like, dipped off mid-season and wasn't doing this well. And then he was like, oh, hell no. You know, he wrote down those failures. Yes, he did. (laughs) Yes, he did. And again, he's going to have another, I think we're like 10 weeks out. um, Yeah. Is correct in this one. And you better believe he is not, no stone is unturned. That energy is going straight into this. And he is like, I got my mind right. I got my nose down. I got actions aplenty. And Oh yeah. When he, and he talks about like, (laughs) when lights go out away, he goes, (laughs) I know I'm already nervous. Like I want to be like, who Max, you are an exceptional driver and a talent, but like, have you listened to this masterclass? Cause Lewis is coming and he wrote down everything and he has the burn book of all his mistakes (laughs) and he's, and he's out here like ready to go. And then honestly, he goes from this failure episode into like the next, it's kind of like, the journey and then it's like where he is now and he goes through like his like diverse interests and but he goes through his vegan journey and I feel like every time he like I mean he's going to be a bionic man at some point because every time he doesn't like reach a goal he makes some other like decision like he brought Angela in at one point and then Angela like encourages him to go vegan and then he talks about his his training routine in the off season and I'm like Oh, I was just sitting here, like, you know, having a casual afternoon. I was like, do I need to get up and like run 14 miles? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know how on social, he's very active in showing us his workout routine. Like he loves to show us when he's running and he loves to give us like a gym selfie and, you know, all of those things. The fact that he has been radio silent for three weeks. I mean, I'm expecting to see a different looking Lewis Hamilton because you know he's just been like shut out the noise turn up the weight let's get it done I mean oh I know I mean he's going to be a man of steel like he talked about Superman being uh, you know one yes. of his heroes growing up heroes. and like get ready because he's about to rip open that chest and a big old S for Sir Lewis Hamilton Superman <laughs> on his chest I mean it's true though and he talks about in one of the episodes later like in episode eight um because the ones later are more about like how you should pursue your passions and things like that and then how he's like focused on inclusion but he talks about how like what he does to just 
that you should have diverse interests. And one of the things he does is he chases adrenaline highs, which I don't think is surprising for us to find out about like an F1 driver, but he wakeboards, snowboards, skydives, like anything. He's like, yeah, I'll try it. I'll do it. I'm going to like, and they have all these videos of him doing all of these. He's basically an X game athlete. <laughs> yeah. Like, sign up for the X game. Yes. And um, I don't think this was in this masterclass, but I feel like, I think Dan, my husband was telling us this at some point, but that um, adrenaline junkie athletes like don't have the same receptors of adrenaline as like you and I, for example, who we see fear at a different rate than like an X game or an extreme athlete sees them. Like they don't have that same receptor. Like theirs is just, it's at a different degree. So yeah, like the cutoff is like way farther way, down. Yes. And some people don't have it at all. Like they're like, I could jump off a building and not deplore my, you know, parachute until three stories below. And like, it doesn't affect them. And I'm like, the thought of even jumping off the building affects my adrenaline. And I'm like, oh, no, thanks. <laughs> so it's, I'm, I'm curious, like, where is he on that level of, you know, like, yeah, you know, but I What's think you scale? have to have that when you get into these cars that are going at the speeds that they're going at and you are pushing it to the limit every single time and you're going around these corners and like, you've got to have some sense of like, and he even says it, he's like, you can't let fear drive your car or you need to get out. Like this is fear is not the place when you, when you get into that seat, you can't have fear. Like you've yeah. got to trust your training and know that your training is like that will overtake. Like when you get in the car, you're calm. You're, you, you know, you've got to have a calm mind to be able to make these like quick, you know, split second decisions and you've got to let your training take over. And he's like, yeah, that's you where you trust, have to like, like trust the you... process. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And trust, um, you know, trust the process, trust yourself that, you know, when we were talking before about like his self-discipline and knowing, and, you know, and again, knowing how to trust yourself. And I think for even like a lot of us, it's hard to trust yourself. I mean, that is, oh, a yeah. very, I think that could be a journey of a lifetime for most people. And he's like, no, mm -mm, I trust myself. Cause if I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have time for doubt. And I'm like, Ooh. how about, okay. Talking about trusting himself. One thing that really cut me deep is he talked about how sweets are his weakness. Like his dad loves sweets. Like his come from a long family. I felt that at my core, my, I, I come from a long line of sweet lovers and I could not do what he said he does is he puts sweets in his pockets and carries them around to challenge himself not to eat them. And he's like, after a couple of weeks, there'll be like the same piece of candy in there. And I'm like, Wow. Wow, Lewis, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, you go, Glenn Coco, because I could not. And that was, I was like, excuse me, what? And he's like, my dad loves sweets. I love sweets, but I realized that it's like not good for me. And I'm like, well, I've realized a lot of things aren't good for me, Lewis. And yet here I am, still on the same shame spiral. So, yeah, I was like, be like Lewis. But then I had to also look back and look at the seven bajillion children, what three that felt like that many um, running around my house and making a mess and realize that I'm not a multi-million dollar athlete. And then I do not right. have the luxury to hire Angela yeah. and to just go surfboarding and windsurfing and jumping out of planes yeah. at my leisure, you know, I but I in Monaco too, but you know, it's, it's, and like he says, he's like my journey and what I do works for me. I can't say it's going to work for you because you're not me. And I was, I, you know, I felt that at my core too. I'm like, you're right. I felt that here. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. I mean, I can strive to be the best Shannon that I can be, but you know, me and Lewis, 
I'll probably, you know, if I got a, a Hershey kiss in my hand, I'm probably gonna eat it. Like I'm gonna eat it, <laughs> you know. And he talks I'm about be you know, in carpool, yeah. and right. I'm gonna get hungry. <laughs> yeah, and um, he did mention that he doesn't like to drive like a road car. He's like, oh, yeah. I don't like it because other people can't drive. He's like, they make me nervous. He's like, I I need to get driven around because I don't trust other people. And I was like, he wouldn't survive would in carpool. Too. He really wouldn't. <laughs> he would not. He would have definitely eaten the candy in his pocket. Agreed. Uh, but I do think he, obviously we had to learn that our lives are not the same as Lewis's. You know, that was, that yeah. was, that was one big takeaway. <laughs> yeah. I think my, my favorite part, cause this was like self-discipline. That was this, uh, this little journey, um, but self-discipline for your own positive results. And uh, like that one really struck and I, that's on a loop right now in my head because it's a hundred percent true. Like, yes, you know, your what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're willing to devote, like that's your discipline, and that is a direct correlation to your own positive result. And oh, for sure. I was like, okay, Lewis, thank you. How happy were you when he was talking about his vegan journey? Oh, Danielle, it sparked joy in my heart. This, you know, <laughs> that's only the way Lewis and veganism can. <laughs> It was where Shannon's two love languages just really exactly. ran smack into each other. It really but there was did. no crash. There There's was no, no crash. crash. There's no crash. We're just on a parallel journey into a land of plants <laughs> together. <laughs> but he did say, and I think this is like indicative of all of his, like what he stands for in a lot of things is that he talks about in like the last two episodes about bringing people along on your journey and shining your light as bright as possible to encourage others to do the same. And that you shouldn't dim like who you are as a person, because if you can change like the opinion of one person, or if you can make an impact with one person, then that it's valuable and that you should use your sphere of influence, whether your sphere of influence is huge, like Lewis's or small, like our little pod, or, you know, wherever you are, that you can, if you can change one person's mind about whether that's, you know, be having a more sustainable lifestyle or like, you know, be more encouraging and it's like, and bringing more people on the journey and being more open to having more diversity in the sport, which he does like a full episode on. And I think is like really important, but you know, like if he can make one positive change and that person can make one positive change, like how the, how impactful that can be. Um, and that goes from everything from like his veganism to like adding minorities and creating his Lewis Hamilton or Hamilton initiative and all that kind of stuff. And I, th- I didn't know this, but I thought this was very interesting too, that when he approached, because um, he talked about his outside interests and he loves fashion and that's, you know, we've seen that before and, you know, and the importance of the outside interest and why it's, you know, like you can't have all your eggs in one basket hundred percent of the time, or you're going like, to burn out essentially. Right. Um, but when he talked about fashion and, you know, he approached Tommy Hilfiger in, you know, doing a line. And I mean, I'm sure that you noticed like a lot of the Mercedes clothes are all Tommy Hilfiger clothes. Yeah. Um, But he noticed in the fashion industry, there's so much waste and there's so much, um, you know, there's a lot of environmental factors that go into the clothing industry. And he's like, there's got to be a better way. Right. So like he's talking to Tommy about this. And in the beginning of their journey, they had like, I think it was like a, they were 10% sustainable at some point. And through their relationship, they have grown to be like 80% sustainable and they're looking in the next 10 years to be carbon neutral and then like being a hundred percent sustainable as a company. And I was like, wow, that's, that's impressive. I mean, to know that, like, again, that's one race car driver who had a conversation with one powerhouse designer 
and look at the change that they've been able to make. Now, again, I know, like, I also, I know that you can't live a hundred percent in one direction in your life. Like you got to have duality. You can be this and you can be that at the same time. I get that. And I know that, you know, there are people out there who's like, well, you know, he's all about the environment, but he, you know, has this private jet and, oh, he's, you know, he's talks about how it was sustainable fashion, but he's going to these fashion shows and not all designers are like that 100%. But I think his point in all of this is also to say is like, I'm going to do what I can on my platform. And if that changes mine, then that one person shares it with their people. And then maybe one person in their circle shares it with another person in another circle. And it's, it's those small changes that start to make big changes, you know, collectively, instead of putting it all the weight on one person's shoulders, isn't the way you're going to get change. It's small changes through a lot of different people. That's how you're going to see sustainability and, and see change. And that's what he talks about in a lot of things is like just making one small step. Like you don't have to do it all at one time. And he even talked about that when he went vegan, like he cut out, um, he cut out like red meat and then he cut out chicken and then he cut, went down to fish. And then he was like, I can do this all once, you know? So he doesn't say that like you have to go cold Turkey and like, or that you have to be like a hundred percent green. Like it's more about making like small steps. Like he said at the beginning, like taking, if you're moving, taking small steps and you're moving towards something, then like you're already winning because you're making progress along the way. And I do think that's like an important thing that anyone could take away, especially as we go into the new year. Exactly. So if there is something, you know, you've been like curious about changing, don't carry don't change it overnight, but take the Lewis approach one small step at yeah. a time. See where it takes you. Yeah. I thought that was like a big one. And I was like, as long as you're moving forward, that's like the biggest one I took away from you. It's like, as long as you're taking steps forward and you're not being stagnant, then I think that you're making like progress. And that's maybe what we should all do this new year. Like move a little bit forward, exactly. whether that's in your love for F1, like, mm-hmm. like how we are. Um, but yeah, I just think that like setting small goals is going to be like much more attainable. Although Lewis like feels like he sets big goals. <laughs> but- yeah, his goals, he's just on a different platform, a different stage than we are. And that's okay. You know, again, we can't compare our journey to Lewis's. We just started F1. Like I just started this in June, right? Like you were yeah. a little bit ahead of me on that. I can't expect to win a eighth world championship title in F1 starting in June. Like that would be silly. Yeah, that's silly. But we're moving towards that. One thing I do think talking about too, like moving towards the podium is one of the last episodes he talks about his like Hamilton initiative and how he talks about this a lot in all of the episodes about being the only person of color in formula one and how he's always been trying to make changes towards that and make like conversations more exclusive um, and to weed out. Like, you know, he talks about one incident where he was at a race and people were in blackface, like making, making fun of him and his family. And that like, at that point, the F, F1 didn't really come out and say anything about it. And he's like, we've made progress again. Like, yes, it was horrifying and horrible then, but like F he was able to have that conversation with them and they've already moved forward and look at where they are now. You know, like he was able to um, help create this whole like end racism platform that one has talked about. And then he, he did, he was able to wear all the shirts and stuff for black lives matter. That whole poem of shirts that he wore that, um, throughout the season, which I think is really cool and being able to have a place where he can stand up and um, have a platform to talk about things, which he wouldn't have had. And he, but he's been able to like kind of move the needle forward that. And I think that's a lot of responsibility to place on one person, obviously, but if anyone was going to do it, I guess it was him. Yeah. I mean, I think he was up for the challenge. And I also think it was 
really cool when after um, 2020, after George Floyd, he said that, you know, there was a lot of like, that's when like the peak racism for him was like, okay, we've got to do something. And he went to Mercedes and he's like, what can we do? And they were like, let's paint the cars black. And Lewis was yes, like, yes, that was so cool. I, I didn't realize that that was a response to. I didn't either. Story. And like, in all honesty, like I'd always heard Mercedes called the silver arrows, but I never, I never knew like what that meant. Like that was just, I was, I was like, oh, okay, the silver arrows, whatever. And because the cars were always painted silver. So when they said we're going to paint our cars black and for Lewis, he's like, that was huge. That meant so much to me. And like, that was, that spoke such volumes because they changed their culture for him. They're like, we, we want to, but like, not just for him, but for like yes, create a more inclusive space. Yes. Yes. And like for his initiative, for the, the idea of like, yeah. okay, this is what we want to do the greater good. And like, how can we show it and how can we make an impact? And like, that was, you know, step one for Mercedes. And I was like, wow, that was really cool. I didn't realize that that was another big, like, did you know, because I had no idea that the cars were painted black in response to that. And I thought that that was such a, uh, a visible, um, like such an eye catching way for them to really like put, you know, you can put money behind certain things or you can say you stand with somebody, but to really like, we're going to paint the car that race, like both cars on the track, his and Valtteri's, because I feel like also they probably could have been like, Oh, we're going to paint your car or whatever, you know? And I think that that's, and that they've stayed black, that they didn't say like, Oh, we're just going to do this for one season and be very performative and then fall right. off. Like, I do think that he has created a culture within Mercedes that is not, that is authentic in terms of their pushing for inclusion and raising, you know, raising um, opportunities and creating opportunities for women and people of color and all that. Like, yeah. And that's a, a great segue because his last um, segment is, paving the path for others. And he's like, you got to make sure you're opening the doors that were once closed for you. So like, if you're in yeah, an open says, door, then if you get to the penthouse, don't forget to send the lift back down. Yeah. And I thought that that was, I mean, of course he's in the penthouse and he's like, come on guys, <laughs> <laughs> send the lift down for me, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does talk about too, how like we all see those people on the plat on the platform, on the podium, you know, that, in the constructors, whenever a constructor wins, there's a different member of the team that gets to be up there. And thankfully for Mercedes, they have won a lot. So they get to bring a lot of team members up. It's not just like Zach Brown from McLaren getting up there that one time, but, uh, and so he talks about how they got to have a woman of color, like up on the podium for the first time. And I thought that was like really, um, a cool moment for him to talk about how, like, seen her and that other people could see her and that that was a very like um again another like visual moment where all that work had kind of come to fruition and I don't know if this is if if both are true if it's just is she the first woman and the first woman of color or just the first woman of color and I don't mean that just to say just but I for I don't I remember hearing that thinking that she's also the first woman that was I thought she was the first woman too but I yeah we would have we'll to double check, check that but that. um but I, either way like it's still like wow you know that one that it took this long for that to even be like you know a thing a thing um but two like hell yeah I mean I, 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 I love that he sees that and I love that he's like 
no, listen, like if we, if we, you got to be the change and we, we want to see more women in this sport. We want to see more, you know, people of color. We want to, we want to celebrate that. And, you know, it's all about representation. If you don't see yourself up there, then why would you aspire to be that? So, and I do think it's kind of fun too, when we watch like the podium celebrations, sometimes you're like, why are they getting so excited? Like they've done this a million times, but then like that one person who's gotten to come up from the team be it maybe from Mercedes or Red Bull or any of the other teams that like, if they get to get up there, it might be their first and only time like to do <laughs> exactly. the spray yeah. champagne. So like, you know, that part, I thought about that. Cause we, I always talk about that when we watch the races, like, do you think they ever get tired? But then if it's like somebody else's first time up there, you'd be like, no, let's go. Like let's party, <laughs> you know? So I thought that was, um, I just took that away. Cause they showed the video of him and like, the team celebrating and her spraying champagne. And it made me think about how, like, if it's your first time up, or it could be your only time up there. So like yeah. make it count. Exactly. And now we'll, we'll never make fun of it again. Will we? Nope. <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm still a monster garbage human at my core. I mean, as much as Lewis Hamilton tried to really <laughs> like get me right for the new year, I still, who I still am who I am. <laughs> Oh, and no. he says that I should still shine that light. Yeah. The only monster you have at the core is grower. You're not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did really enjoy it. And I did think it was a good way to start the new year. Yes. Like it was kind of a, like a new year's resolution all packed up into an hour of lessons from Lewis. Lessons from Lewis. That's the lessons title of the from Lewis. It was great. <laughs> I, I think I listened to him on I think it was January 1st because I spent time with Lewis and I cleaned out my closet and it took me about four and a half hours and Lewis was there with me, you know, the majority of the But time. the masterclass doesn't take that long, does it? No. I rewatched a couple of them because I was like, this is good. I like this one. Yeah. But I mean, he, he got me through the first part of the journey and then a couple other podcasts did. So, yeah, I was going to say, I think that anyone could really knock it. And you can like listen to the, this is not a, a sponsored post for yeah. masterclass, although <laughs> feel free to sponsor us masterclass. Um, but you can like sign up and, uh, and you'd be able to listen to it as like a podcast, which now I'm going to like explore other masterclass. I know I'm excited. I'm very excited to take this masterclass journey. I'm like, I feel so enlightened when, I mean, just even, I love people's stories. I love hearing what they have to say. How did they get here? How did you handle, you know, the situation? And I think people love to tell their story. That's why, you know, that's why interviews exist. I mean, why not hear? About I'm it? looking for the masterclass on how Charlotte and uh, Charles have created a love affair for all of us to enjoy <laughs> and remember. Because honestly, their content over the holiday break has <laughs> been. People were saying that they may be broken up. I know this is a hard pivot back to my interest. My I was going to say, Charles wow, we started Charlotte. strong with Lewis and. Here come Charlotte and Charles. <laughs> well, but here they come on those jet skis in Cancun looking you well, I'm on a jet ski. I look like I've been, you know, held underwater against my will <laughs> and, and then aired out to dry at 60 miles an hour. And Charlotte and Charles look like supermodels that they are just sun kissed and happy and never better. They look better than me on my best day on their jet ski ride. <laughs> And I love him for it. I could hate him for it, but I love him for Don't it. You love it. It's Young so love. Good. You so love so to good. see it <laughs> because I I got it. We can't watch Lewis try on clothes or anything. He's not. We know no trick clothes, no workout videos, nothing. 
No also, pictures of Roscoe. I haven't even checked Roscoe's Instagram. Let me do that real quick. See if he's been, I don't think he's been doing anything either. Uh, also, he never mentions his brother, <laughs> but his brother did come out and say that Lewis is just taking a little break social, but no mention of him in the master class. Now, granted, this master class is not the official biography of, uh, <laughs> of Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> but, but there was not a mention I not did a follow, like, not a uh, yeah, I didn't know that he had a brother until you said that he posted that. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And that I didn't know he had a sister, but his sister is who got him into tattoos. Oh, he did say that. He, yeah, we, that's part of his diverse interest. He loves yes, tattoos. He loves tattoos. He loves fashion. Mm-hmm. He just he loves X game sports. He loves it all. He loves it all. But he does say we should all have more diverse interests. And that's why you guys need to all get your friends onto F1 and get them onto this new diverse interest that we have taken on in 2021. And we're just really going to light it on fire in 2022. And by light it on fire, we go to the moon. Like not go to the moon. Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to contribute to the fires on the planet. (laughs) No, we're all ups. All ups, no doubts. Exactly. All ups, no doubts. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, did you have any more takeaways from, from this? Did you want to, are you, did you share your five takeaways already or? Okay. My five takeaways and I will, okay, here they are. Teamwork and communication Mm -hmm. key success. And we all know that, but the importance on it and, you know, really creating an open channel, always moving forward. I talked about that a lot. I do think that's like my biggest takeaway. Just like keep moving. It's like in football, keep your feet moving towards the goal line. Make the most of opportunities. Um, I think he talked a lot about like if you get an opportunity that you really need to maximize it and um, and take advantage when someone opens a door for you, walk through it. Like, don't be scared. Don't let the fear of failure stop you from taking advantage of an opportunity. I think a lot of people do that, and I think that's a big one for all of us in 2022. Like, if someone gives you an opportunity, don't let your fear hold you back from exploring your full potential be action oriented, try, fail, do, learn, explore. I think that he's very action oriented and, you know, we could all like, don't spend so much time in your head, but get out and do things. And Mm -hmm. then again, the importance of diverse interests, which kind of falls into that too. I love that. That's great. Great. So so those are, those are what I'm taking with, with me into 2022 with Lewis. I love it. Well, I'm, yeah. I've got, a, I, I don't have five, but I've got a couple. I've got um, the, the keep your mind in the right place. I think it's really easy to get diverted. And like, again, like when you let the fear creep in, it will divert you from, from what your goal is. And, you know, again, that those small little movements keep you moving forward, but you got to put your mind in the right place. And I love that. Um, and then what was the, that uh, it? No, no. It was like, which one was it? Hold on. See, I want for the record. Can you we did. all take note yes. of how I had my shit together? You really did. You really the did. last six episodes, I have come in just a big ball of no preparation. <laughs> so I really made up for it in this one. And I want that record to state that right okay. in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, sorry. You're right. Um, <laughs> But the, the self-discipline for your own positive results, that's kind of like keeping yeah. your mindset in like that right place. But you can just get so wrapped up in what it should look like or what you expect it to look like. And then if you're just like, fuck it, it doesn't have to look the way I have created in my mind it should look. It just needs to look like it didn't look yesterday. And that's 
you know, as long as you're, you, you keep making a progress. And again, progress also looks like failure. So you yes. can't achieve anything without having failures because then you don't know what to fix. Yes. A hundred percent progress over perfection. Exactly. That's exactly. what we're going for. Yes. And that's what <laughs> we're going for on this podcast. And that's what we're going for over at Scuderia Ferrari too. <laughs> for the 2020 season. <laughs> Ah, all right well we're gonna wrap this one up because i feel like we've given you all we can give of lewis it was it really (laughs) is i do highly recommend it uh it was a quick listen you could like listen to it the way like yeah to a podcast i think each episode is less than like 11 minutes i think that's like the longest one was like 11 so there's there's plenty plenty of thing ways to consume this and it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to clean out your closet for four hours to enjoy Lewis Hamilton. You can just do it at your leisure. Or you can just listen to our Cliffs Notes version right. and you call know, it a day. Exactly. That's fine too. We're here for you. However you want to consume us. That's fine. <laughs> um, and we have got some fun deep dives on deck for the off season too. So stay tuned for WAGs. We're going to do some yachts, some yes. money. Um, yeah. And if you have anything you want us to talk about, please let us know. Make sure to follow us over at, on Instagram at F1 Push Push or rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, we always like, it makes our hearts swell when you leave us a review. So it's the best. Please. And we also love when you share it, just like Lewis says, be the influence within your group. Share the Shine your F1 light. Love. Yes, shine your light. Share us with your friends. Bring your friends, <laughs> bring your friends into this diverse interest. <laughs> And until then, push, push.